Welcome to Darko Malboy Pod Movie Podcast. Um, I am Scott. I'm Sam. <laughs> that was a long ass pause. I was waiting for the bird to announce itself. I'm Mitchell. And I'm Julia. And there's also a bird, which you'll hear. This bird is part of the podcast now. Special guest. I went and threw things at him. Threw pebbles. I threw little pieces of bark. He attempted he, to assassinate the bird. He did not desist, and he actually told me that I am a cuck, Ooh. and that he's going to fuck my girlfriend Damn. later. I have well. better news for you. I've booked a special guest for this week, straight from hell. He has a question that he needs to ask all of you. Bring, bring. Hello, Darko Malboy. This is Hannibal Lecter speaking to you. How are you tonight? I have been on several movies now, and I need to know. Also, television, I suppose. I've been in jail and in hell for a long time. Who is your favorite Hannibal Lecter? Mads. Mads, Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson sure. does you the best, for sure. Mads Mickelson. He's the sexiest Hannibal Lecter. Okay, well. And therefore he wins. Thank you for your interesting answer. I'm. Yeah. You know who it's not? It's not Brian Cox. I do have a hot take. Brian Cox is better than Eddie How Hopkins. dare you? I don't you. know that that's a hot take. How <laughs> fucking dare you? I'm going to find you and eat your liver with fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'll be seeing you later tonight, Darko Malboy. Oh, okay. He's gone. Curses. Uh, what do you think he's going to get scary. up to in the meantime? He, he sounded serious. But anyways, uh, Mitchell, do you want to introduce this movie since you picked it? All right, I got 60 seconds. Well, why don't you tell us what we watched first? It wasn't I Am Sam. What was it? So we watched the uh, Michael Mann picture, uh, Manhunter. That's right. Picture. William Peterson as Will Graham. The Michael Mann Brian Cox. Brian Cox as uh, the weirdly renamed Hannibal Lecter. Lector. A uh, Chicago cop as Jack Dennis Crawford. Dennis Farina is like the best cop. Dennis Farina is the most Chicago I have ever he's seen. He's just a, he's a cop or a mobster. One of the two. Is that the mustache guy? Yes. He is just the most, the most Chicagoan there is. The human incarnation of a... Uh hot dog but he's like a white Sox fan he's not a cubs fan okay so does anyone have a guess at whether this movie made money oh and tom not? noonan as francis dollar yes, oh, i'm gonna say tom no noonan. did not make money it didn't it, you're right so the budget was 15 or 14 million and it grossed 8.6 or 4 which is kind of a large difference but it definitely says or um, so with that in mind, I will bring up the clock here. Uh, Mitchell has 60 seconds to explain the plot of this very convoluted movie. Um, so we're starting in three, two, one, go. So a serial killer kills two families. A retired FBI inspector, Will Graham, is recruited by uh, head of FBI behavioral sciences, Jack Crawford, to come investigate the killings. Um, they get a journalist to help them draw him out. 
uh, named Freddy Lowndes. Uh, the killer finds Freddy Lowndes, kills him, sets him on fire, and pushes him down a wheelchair. Um, there is some communication between said killer and Hannibal Lecter. And then Will, Will Graham like freaks out and is like, oh my god, I gotta find this guy. And then they find him because he brought a bolt cutter to a non-padlocked building. So they figured out that he was looking at the home videos because he was the uh, video guy. And then Will Graham busts into his house headfirst through a glass window and gets his ass beat. What song and is playing? What song Fred is playing? Five. I don't know which one. And I got to uh, And then... I just wanted to mention a couple of things because while I was kind of reading some stuff, it made me laugh. Um, so the reason they changed the title from Red Dragon, which is the name of the book, to uh, Manhunter was because Bruce Lee was making a lot of movies with the word dragon in it and they didn't want people to think it was a kung fu movie. Also, apparently, everyone's favorite director, David Lynch, was about to make this. And then he said, actually, I hate this story. So he didn't. <laughs> what he hate about I it? I cannot imagine what that would have he looked like. He said it like. was violent and completely degenerate. And the dude mm. who played uh, Dollar Hyde went completely method and refused to talk to any of his co-workers in any way until like the final scene where they all meet. Uh, well, he went kind of method because he wasn't that ripped. Like the serial killer is supposed to be like bodybuilder. Apparently, jack. he was bodybuilding. That was part of his. That dude was huge. Yeah, Tom Noonan's like six foot eight. He's gigantic. Yeah, he's super tall. Also, the William Peterson ended up being Gil Grissom in CSI, which I did not realize until after the movie was over. Which is funny because this show cut or this movie kind of invented a lot of those like CSI tropes. Yeah. Really, I think it's kind of credited as like being the godfather of that type of crime procedural. I like the CSI scientific approach. Since I have three experts in their fields, I'm gonna uh, kind of attack the three of you individually, and then we can like regroup. Sam, you're the thespian here. Uh, what did you think about the acting in this movie? Uh, a lot of people criticize William Peterson in this movie for not being a very good lead. Like I thought he was fine. There was this, there's this part where he gets uh, him and Jack Crawford are like talking to each other in the room. Um, and I thought that scene was really good. I thought the scene between him and his son in the grocery store was probably one of the best scenes in the movie, at least one of the most emotional scenes. I don't know. I thought the kid was pretty good. I thought he was pretty good. I thought his wife was pretty good. I thought everyone was pretty good, you know, given that, like, they didn't have much else to go on um, other than a book. And, like, I mean, you know, as Mitchell said, like, this is sort of like the beginning of its of these kind of movies. So, I don't know. I, I, I thought he did pretty good. I thought everyone was fine and in, in a super 80s kind of way uh does anyone else have any comments on that there's that line that they do in every single adaptation of red dragon you took your gloves off the toucher didn't you you son of a bitch he's the worst at that but he's really good at like the downer will Graham moments which i like but he's not he can't really be yeah. aggressive i feel like there was he's wonderfully depressing there though. was never a moment acting wise where i was like oh that's really like every line felt like even when yeah it was like kind of stereotypical or cliche like that it was still delivered with like like integrity i thought i think he's was, yeah. a little yeah. passive i mean when he has his moments he's kind of like intense but for the most part i thought the movie kind of happens around him he never really was driving it 
I thought. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's Dollar Hyde's job to drive. Yeah, I, the plot. Yeah, I feel like that. Who, yeah, who's for his the character. lead in this movie? I mean, like honestly, from like, how who drives the movie for? Because everyone says it's him, but is it really? I think it's a common misconception that the hero is the one who drives the plot. Usually, the villain is the one who drives the plot forward. I would say Lecter is the one who kicks the plot off. Do we like this version of Lecter or the more like intimidating Anthony Hopkins or like the more debonair uh, Mads Mikkelsen type? I don't know that Anthony Hopkins is intimidating, but debonair is probably the best one for sure. Okay. Well, the way he Acting like stares and like Mads, is menacing. Mads is the best. Yeah. Mads is the best. I Like I said, I know Sam disagrees. I think this is, I think Brian Cox is a better job than Anthony Hopkins. I just can't see him as anything other than low, like Wolverine's dad. <laughs> or the dad. Oh, wait, no, that's Rip Torn. He's Jason Bourne's dad, too. <laughs> I was going to say the dad from Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> He's always the dad. Brian Cox's is evil like dad. Brian Cox's is evil dad. Tom Green, Wolverine, Dollar Eyed. The great yep. anti-heroes of the early yep. 2000s. Does Brian Cox have a son in real life, and has he done anything evil? We need to know. Somebody look it up. We'll uh, we'll attack that afterwards. So let's go to Mitchell. Uh, you're the cinematographer guy here, I guess. Am I? Shut up, you cameraman. An editor. <laughs> the cinematography in this movie, I think, is the best part about it, personally. What do you think they did here that was interesting? I know, obviously, the use of color is cool. What else besides that like sticks out to you as a student of, of the film? So what always cracks me up in the beginning is when him and Molly are in the house and it's that very blue scene. That's it. like the only major film I've ever seen use like what is essentially day for night. Because you could tell that's the middle of the fucking day and it's supposed to be nighttime the way the sun's shining on the water. And it's just so blue and it's very funny to me. Because you never see anyone do that except for like dipshit like indie... I made a movie for $2,000 people. No, I think the, the visual design of this movie and uh, Michael Mann's direction, both are very, you know, typical Michael Mann. It is, this is his style. This is what his shit looks like. Obviously Miami vice. I think he had already made that when this came out, but yeah, this is very much his style. Like you said, lots of those pastel colors. There was a lot of blues, a lot of whites. Everyone was very like, and again, this is what I like about this in Silence of the Lambs. Everyone's very normal looking. Like no one is like an incredibly attractive person. Like Tom Noonan's, no offense, I love him as an actor, ugly as shit. <laughs> William Peterson's not particularly easy on the eyes. Dennis Fiorina looks like he is literally like the city of Chicago as a person. I don't know. I, what I like about this movie is the the people in it feel real as opposed to like in Hannibal, which I also very much like everyone is incredibly hot that's true yeah, yeah. so this is a much more so grounded you, this and signs of the lambs are like so you they're like much more the grounded. aesthetic it's like your typical michael mann movie this um miami vice heat like all that stuff kind of has heat not so much but he does like the the peak michael mann thing is lector's prison which is like very clearly like a like a modern art museum or something from the way it's With built. A giant ramp that's like a zigzag all the way down the building for no reason. And like how much glass is in there. That's a very like Michael Mann thing. Yeah. Did anyone else uh, have anything to say about the cinematography slash direction in this? I really liked all of the uh, super close-ups on not people's faces and on their hands. That happened a lot. That was probably my favorite part. 
think the uh, that scene Mitchell was talking about where it was very blue, and then the scenes in the I think it was like the dark room where it was very green, and there were some. I actually really liked the apartment of Dollarhide or whatever that was. This house with the I think that was like a poster of Mars. Kind of gave you like the emotion that you were supposed to be feeling, I guess. And I like it when they think yeah. about a shot and like what it's gonna invoke instead of just like here's an action shot all right julia i'm coming after you now you're the psychological one here what did you think of the portrayal of the psychology in this movie uh like the criminal detailing or background or whatever the hell you want to call it i know that's not what you're into but actually no i i feel i feel like this is something i could speak to speak to Um, it I think that, what's the dude's name? Dr. Chilton. Yeah, his character in, I haven't read the books, but in Hannibal is very intriguing to me. And I feel like he was such a minor character in this, which I I found a little bit upsetting because I feel like he really ties the dynamic between Lecter and Will Graham together in an interesting way. But I think that the, in although it's very different, the only thing I have to compare it to is Hannibal. But the dynamic between Will Graham and Hannibal Lector and um, <laughs> and Dollarhide, it's like a weird kind of manipulation. I feel like this movie, Will Graham is a lot more present in the conversations and able to dismiss himself when he feels it's appropriate, which I thought was almost a little bit weird for his character you know like he went through all of this all this psychological manipulation beforehand to the point where he was hospitalized for it uh like psychiatrically and then he's able to set these very firm boundaries and doesn't completely lose his shit when his home address is disclosed behind his back like even though he was the center of attention i just i don't know i found it very interesting that that dynamic was as calm as it was i feel like that's something that could have been I thought one thing that was complete bullshit is if uh, my spouse was retired and they did something very dangerous and they went back to it and promised me that nothing would happen and then we had to get moved into witness protection, I think I would have been a lot more upset And they were on the front page of a fucking magazine, yeah. Uh, Also threatening the lives of myself and my children. That would have been uh, much more of a what the fuck is wrong with you situation than she was just like, oh, uh, I guess it's cool. Uh, We're we're like in the Everglades now, I guess. You're going to do what you're going to do. I think that the probably the most... Probably the most interesting scene from a psychological aspect in this movie is when he's talking to his, it's his stepson, I think, in in the grocery store. And he's talking about the process of being hospitalized and how, how this job has affected his ability to see himself and his self-image. Um, I thought that that was probably the most, it was sensitively done. And I... I I find myself cringing a lot at how uh, mental illness is portrayed, and um, especially even even with Hannibal Lecter characters, it's like, oh, they're a serial killer, they're they're mentally ill, blah blah. blah. Anyways, I don't know. I don't I'm think anyone was. But way I, over I found the, the way that he was maybe like Mitchell kind of referenced earlier. Like everyone seemed kind of more grounded. Like Hannibal Lecter in like the the Anthony Hopkins movies, I think is very like menacing and kind of like 
not supernatural in a way, but like, you know, he's going to like get out. Whereas this guy kind of seemed like he was just kind of manipulating people. He didn't want to like get out. Yeah. And murder he was just a, a person. I don't know. I feel like the, the way that he, his character talked about what his experience was like was probably the most interesting. I, it made it the most interesting scene in the movie, at least in, in my opinion. Maybe not most interesting, but I most enjoyable, I think, as far as, like, yeah, The scene with the kid was a good one. A I think Sam said that earlier, so. Uh, anyone else want to mention anything about that whole thing? I like um, Tom. Tom Noonan as Dollarhide is, like, far and away my favorite version of him. I think that Tom Noonan is, is of the three. Like I said, he feels... The other two go, like, Ray Fiennes and... Richard Armitage go way too fucking big. Like, they, like, growl and shit. And, like, he's just very, like, soft-spoken, weird guy. And I dig that a lot. And I dig that they didn't, like, try to make him this monster. He was just, like, a shy dude, it felt like. He got very... I thought it was an interesting, like, kind of, obviously, transformation. Because that's what his whole thing is. Where the cops are, like, storming his house. And I think they, like, changed the... They changed something in how they were filming it because he became like very like robotic almost in his movements. And like when they're like charging up the stairs and he like turns and shoots them with a shotgun, it's like very like boom, 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 boom. Like he's like moving like a robot almost, not like person anymore. Well, he gets shot like twice and just kind of. Yeah, he tanks, tanks it. it. Uh, what a beast. But I think it the grounded, like you guys have mentioned, the ground groundedness of this is kind of what separates it from the other two versions of this. Did that kind of like bother anyone else? The fact that you've seen this, I think we've all seen this three times in three different ways, or is it just like a different way of looking at an interesting story? I think it's interesting to compare them because they're told so differently. And each character I feel like is a very unique version of their character. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Well, and this was my first... I watched this before I watched Red Dragon or Hannibal Season 3. So this was my first exposure to the story. Wow. I, I went in the opposite order. Same. And uh, actually, I mean, I like Will Graham in the TV show. I like... I think Will Graham is fine here. Like, again, like, no complaints. Uh, but I actually... I enjoy the Edward Norton Will Graham a lot. They are very different. It's hard to kind of like Batman for me. It's hard to like pay attention as much as I should when I kind of know what's going to happen. I have the attention span of a three-year-old, so that doesn't really say anything. All right. Well, I guess that was kind of it for what I had to ask. Uh, does anyone want to kind of throw in any random thoughts or feelings? I, and I get, this is my other hot take. I like this movie more than I like Silence of the Lambs. And I like both of these okay. movies a lot. Now you're going to need to talk about that. Why? <laughs> why? I, I love Tom Noonan in it. I think, like I said, Brian Cox as Lecter is really good. I love the way it looks. Really? Yeah, I think he's great. I, I love the way it looks. boring. I, he's, he is, if it wasn't for Mads, he'd be my favorite. That's a that hot is, take. I no, don't I don't either. Is it a hot take? What makes him more interesting? And, and like, he's not over the top, which is cool because he's not like completely portrayed as. Unhuman. I I a I like the Red Dragon story more than I like Signs of the Lambs in the books. Agreed. So I like I already like Red Dragon more. I like the character of Will Graham more than I like Clary Starling. And there's something about Michael Mann, and I think this source material especially because Michael Mann 
will have very like literal dialogue and then he'll have someone go off on like a weird little like very flowery metaphorical tangent and i feel like thomas harris is the perfect writer for him to adapt because he's very similar in that regard so i think this movie is it's my favorite michael mann movie but i i think this movie for me is a a great crime drama it's got a lot of really good performances it's my favorite telling of one of my favorite stories it's got my favorite dollar hide it's got my second favorite lector but he's no buffalo bill i don't know yeah does he tuck his penis and dance no but he he does the slug in the afterbirth thing very well and i enjoy that or slug in the sun and in the afterbirth in the afterbirth yes sorry i got my alliteration well I think your take on, I think these movies have been kind of subsumed by Hannibal Lecter. So I think that's kind of where you have to start with that. I think Anthony Hopkins and uh, Hannibal Lecter is much more, every time he's on the screen, he like swallows the entire scene. Whether or not you like that is a different question, but his hello Clarice, that whole little like six minute kind of back and forth is like definitely one of like my favorite interactions between characters in any movie. Cause that's like, I think he's very menacing and terrifying in that scene. Um, not so much in most of the rest of it, but that scene specifically when he's like staring at her, that makes me very uncomfortable. And like, uh, Oh, I, I don't have any, uh, view but i can remember everything from memory and he like draws florence from memory like this guy's like very dangerous and uh yeah and i didn't get any of that from brian in this movie i'm gonna call him brian because we're, we're bros yeah That's... i think that he's uninteresting and i find his dynamic with will graham to be boring like you don't get to see their relationship the but brian. i find that their dynamic is even with even with clarice and that Hannibal Lecter, like, it's a give-and-take relationship. They both listen to each other. They both have some respect for each other still. And in this one, it's completely not. Will, like, doesn't give a shit about him. He's trying to leave the conversation. He has very firm boundaries. And I feel like that's unrealistic with the type of person that Hannibal Lecter is supposed to be in any of these situations. And so, I don't know. I feel like it took away one of my favorite elements, which is the relationship between... Hannibal and the person he's fucking with. So what I enjoy about Brian Cox's lecture is he's very cold. He's very calculating. You're right. He's not intimidating like Hopkins and he's, he's not, not swallowing. No, that, that scene where he calls, he calls that woman and like manipulates her into giving him her and the guy's information. That was very like kind of scary in its own way. Cause of how easily he was like not almost nice. And, like, that was kind of, I think, his thing was that he was, like, almost charming in a way. It's a different take on the character. That can be scary as well because Hannibal uh, in the TV show, Mads Mikkelsen's very much like that. But more yeah, more of, like, a, like like a mix best. between Anthony Hopkins and this guy. Whereas this guy's, like, one. It's like a, you know, a scale. And he's on, like, the nice side. And Anthony Hopkins is on the other side. Mads plays it perfectly in the middle. Yeah, his almost every interaction this Hannibal has with Dollarhide is really cool, and and in sabotaging Will Graham behind his back. But I think my main issue is when those two characters interact on screen, it's there's just no 
they don't have any chemistry together and i feel like that's what makes it interesting in the other versions but i i like that it feels like lecter has contempt for will i like that in uh signs of the lambs he plays with her and it's it's a game to him and this he fucking hates graham because graham's the person who put him yeah, in prison he says something like oh there's a genuine connection there or something like that I, the fact that he's trying to prove himself and he can't even finish like what he said some like shitty little one-liner after will had already closed the door it just makes him so much less sophisticated or respectable of a person and for me it just means that i don't know it just makes him kind of petty boring <laughs> well i think I personal like taste aside mitchell's wrong uh just, just <laughs> yeah on, uh, exactly the non-feeling scale i like this movie man yeah, but for the wrong reasons, apparently. All right. No, well, let's uh, rate this bad boy. Out of 10 uh, d- uh, children looking at uh, death porn on an airplane, uh, how many do you give this? Uh, we'll start with Julia. I would say a seven and a half. Oh, okay. That's pretty high. Yeah. It might have been one of the higher ones I've given. I really like the story. It's not my favorite Hannibal, but... I would, I have, and will continue to watch this movie periodically throughout my life. I enjoy it. Um, okay, seven and a half uh, murder scenes on a plane that child's children were looking at. Uh, Sam. Uh, seven. Uh, okay, two pretty high ones. I will go with a five because I was actually a little bit bored, and I didn't like it that much. I thought you were gonna love this, dude. This the aesthetic right was great. Alley. I think it's just a personal issue with having seen it so many times and being like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. And it just doesn't hit the same way anymore. Um, but yeah, that might just be my whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. You might need a tolerance. Yeah. I, I need to have, I need to have my mind erased and uh, go back and watch it for the first time. Maybe I feel differently. Mitchell nine out of 10. I fucking love this movie. I give, yeah, okay. I love this movie. Wow. That's high. Well, since you're kind of the uh, chief investigator here, why don't you give us a final final couple words on it? I know that I have very controversial opinions about this movie, but I would say it is, and I think the people who even disagree with me would say that this is worth watching. It's a very good forensic crime drama. Um, it's kind of the granddaddy of the CSIs and NCISs of the world. Something you get to see Michael Mann do his thing very fast dialogue very cool action very interesting uh set design and production design lots of open spaces lots of open windows and yeah i think this movie is worth checking out and the birds shut up too yeah we so didn't cool. even get a bird cameo well, that's too bad this was this was mal darko malboy what about malboy darko i was scott i was sam i was mitchell and I was Hannibal Lecter. I'll get you later, Mitchell. I'm fucking asshole. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.